We're in a series called The Great I Am, and we're a number of weeks in, and we're going through who does Christ say He is, and uh, these are the words of Jesus Christ about Himself, and He started using the phrase, I am, and then He fills it in, I am, and uh, we've looked at Him as the bread, and we've looked at Him as the light. We've looked at him as the great I am on Easter Sunday as he left it just at I am, right? And Jesus Christ, man, he is awesomely in charge. And uh, today we're going to be digging into another passage where Jesus uses the I am statement. He says, I am the door or the gate, depending on your translation. I am the door. And so turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. John 10. And uh, we've got... uh, the notes that you can be taking in the bullets in there, make sure you use those, and it's got some impact group questions in it as well, so that you can get prepped for your impact group. If you're not in an impact group, man, you can still pour over those questions, use those as a time of reflection throughout the week and taking this sermon forward. And so uh, let's dive in together. Let's do some serious study here. John 10, Jesus is saying, I am the door. So simple question, what does it mean and how should I respond? What does it mean and how should I respond? That's what we're looking for today, all right? So the first point, Jesus is the one true shepherd. Listen to his voice leading you. Jesus is the one true shepherd. Listen to his voice leading you, all right? He starts out in chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. Let's just hold right there. So we'll back up. Jesus starts out, truly, truly. We've talked about this. When we hear that twice over, he's saying, listen up, right? Truly, truly, like listen up. I've got some good info for you and you're going to want to hear this. Truly, truly, listen up. Um, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, That man is a thief and a robber. Okay, he's speaking to the nation of Israel. They're used to this metaphor. They understand this analogy. Uh, He's talking to a bunch of people who understand what it is to farm and what it is to have uh, sheep. And it is what it is to shepherd. And so when he says to them, it's like somebody going in the door of the sheepfold. They were like, oh, so true. Right? And we're like, give me a dictionary. What's a sheepfold? And, and so I thought we'd at least throw a picture up. Let's throw a photo up. Here's a sheepfold. That's what a sheepfold looks like, all right? So what is it? They would go and they would grab a bunch of rocks and they would build up walls around. They would leave one spot that was open where the sheep could go in and out. And they would build these both in the city where they could take care of them at night if they came back towards the edge of town. Multiple shepherds would let their sheep stay in the sheepfold there. They would actually have a gatekeeper over that one. So it was a lot larger and they would pay somebody to protect the front of that. When you were outside, out in the wilderness or out kind of wandering and getting some grass and water for the sheep, they would build those out in the, uh, that area and they could stay overnight out there. Then they would just build it like that where there was the stone and a single door and a little bit smaller. So this was made to provide some protection It was to keep the sheep together so they wouldn't just wander away. And the shepherd could kind of keep tabs on them, take care of them, and be able to protect anything from going out or anything from going in. This is a sheepfold. Basically, we would probably call it a pen today, 
right? And uh, that's kind of what it was like. He says, truly I say to you, he who does not enter the pen, the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Notice there is really one legit way into that thing. It is through the door. And if you're climbing over the wall, you don't belong, right? That's what he's saying. He's like, just so you know, those who are trying to come in from a way that isn't appropriate, they're stealing something, man. Something doesn't belong to them, and they're trying to take it, and it isn't appropriate. In fact, they say here, the ones who climb over another way, well, they're thieves and robbers. Those two words are very similar for us in our language, but for them, thief, it meant um, kind of conniving, uh, lying, twisting, using words to deceive in order to get in. A thief used the words often to deceive. The robbers, well, those were the guys who hung out like out on the wilderness roads and they were like in bands of gang and they would attack you and take your stuff while you passed in that way. And he's like, you were either the conniving, lying, cheating, urban kind of guy or you were the guy who was out there, you know, who would beat you up as you walked down the road kind of guy, but either way, you didn't belong. That's what he's saying, okay? And so you're going into the sheepfold over the top, over the fence. Uh, you don't, everybody just say, doesn't belong. And forced entry is not the plan, right? And let's make sure we understand who God is and what he's calling us to and how he's calling us to it, and we go after that. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door, and he's the shepherd of the sheep, the shepherd of the sheep, he belongs there. He uh, knows the door. He knows what's going on. He knows the sheep. And in fact, it even says next that he knows the gatekeeper. To him, the gatekeeper opens. So this is a little bit more of that sheepfold that's set up a little closer to town where multiple herds of sheep are kept there and gatekeepers are hired. And he walks up to the gatekeeper in the morning and he's like, hey, how's it going? The guy's like, good, good to see you, man. Go ahead, right? He's that guy. And then somebody else walks up and they're like, hey, how's it going? And he goes, fine. What do you need, right? And the guy's like, well, I was just wondering if I could get past. No. I have three shepherds that belong in here, and you aren't one of them. Right? That's what's going on. And the gatekeeper, kind of allowing somebody through that belongs and not allowing somebody through that does not belong. And uh, he's like, yeah, the gatekeeper knows me. I am the shepherd, right? He's saying, be careful. The shepherd is going to be the one recognized, and the others aren't. And as he talks through this shepherding, we're getting a strong understanding of who Jesus Christ says he is. Now, he doesn't specifically say right here, I am the shepherd. In fact, he'll say that in verse 11, and we're going to deal with that next week. But he is talking about himself as the shepherd here, and uh, that's the illusion at this point. He who enters the door is the shepherd. Everybody say, that's Jesus. That's Jesus, the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, and most likely the gatekeeper there would be representing then God the Father, okay? God the Father is probably represented there. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The sheep hear his voice, and uh, literally, a ton of shepherding is done vocally. Talking to the sheep, where they get used to your voice, they get used to your tone, they get used to the sound, they even know that you know their name and you call them out. He named the sheep, okay? 
And uh, this was an interaction, a very close, warm interaction that went on between shepherd and sheep. Note he used the shepherding analogy and not some other farming analogy. I know uh, my dad has a farm up in northwest Illinois, a little farmette, and uh, it doesn't have any tillable on it anymore. He actually bought it for uh, hunting. But uh, so we go up there to hunt, and my girls were up there with us uh, a number of years back. They used to hang out and go hang with some girls across the road, and they were about the same age, and they used to run around and play at the farm and have a blast together, and, and there were these little calves that they kept in these little huts, and they were all perfectly kept and perfectly fed, and they're like, oh, what's their name? They don't have a name. What do you mean they don't have a name? We don't give them names. Why don't you give them names? <laughs> Don't need to say anymore, right? Like, uh, they're veal, man. They're going to be sold. And so they didn't get as close to them. They fed them. They took care of them. It was a part of their livelihood. But there was not the warmth and tenderness. Jesus doesn't use that analogy, okay? He uses the analogy of the shepherd with his sheep who's caring for them over time, who knows them by name, who calls them out and his sheep hear his voice. There's uh, money to be made in the shearing of the wool, but he's taking care of the sheep. And uh, everybody say, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, man. We have Jesus Christ caring for you and for me. And uh, the sheep, they hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He leads them out. They understand what's going on. They grasp when he's directing them, and uh, they grasp when he's taking them. They'll call him by name. It says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, okay? So the true shepherd is not in back with a whip, right? Come on, move it, right? That's a cowboy, right? And, and he's not talking about the cowboy analogy either here, right? He's not like, and then the shepherd gets behind them and drives them with a whip to where he went. That's not what it says, right? It says he gets out in front of them and he leads them by example, going to the geographic location he wants, in the speed he wants, the way he wants. That is a shepherd. Out in front, Leading the way, modeling by example, taking them at the pace you see fit, shepherding, okay? And uh, man, how much we can learn from that analogy in our own homes. When we're called to shepherd our homes. And uh, hey, dads, husbands, are you shepherding or are you a cowboy? Are you running around driving the home? Get over there! Or are you getting out of front and saying, right here, here's where we're going to be. Let's do this together. There's a shepherding, a partnership as you go out ahead and lead the way. As you talk about what it means to be spiritually on fire for Christ, are you? And leading them with you, that's shepherding. Okay? Christ is like the analogy here. He's the shepherd. And he's like, just so you know, follow me. I know exactly where I'm going and at the pace we should be going there and I know where we're headed. Follow me. Just so you know, there's an art in following. Did you know that? It takes a lot of skill to follow. When the guy starts walking up this way and you start walking this way, 
is this following? Like, that's not following, right? And how often are we like, this is our prayer life. We're like, I'm so going over here. Jesus, please come over here with me. Who's following who, man? Right? Our prayer is, Lord, may I follow you. Not, Lord, will you follow me? He's out in front leading. Are you letting him lead? That's the challenge here. He's like, just so you know, the true shepherd, he gets out in front and he leads. And the sheep, they follow him. They know his voice. And uh, what does following look like? Here's an image we got. And uh, please note, the shepherd is out in front and the sheep are following behind. And man, I hope I don't look that old, right? (laughs) That dude's old. (laughs) He's got it going on. That is a dedicated shepherd going out there time after time, year after year. And his sheep, they know he cares. He's put years into them and he loves them and they follow him wherever. And that's following, man. Are you following Christ? Or are you breaking off on your own and trying to get him to follow you? Let's make sure we're following after the great shepherd. Jesus Christ, he is the shepherd. It says the door is open to him. The gatekeeper allows him in. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own sheep, he goes before them. When he has brought out all his own sheep, what does that mean? It means this, that when you take these sheepfolds that are closer to the city, multiple shepherds would put their flocks in there, right? We talked about that. And so in the morning when the shepherd gets there and the gatekeeper says, okay, you can go in, well, now what does he do? He's like, all right, I'll take that one and that one. And no, that's not what he does. He just calls out in whatever voice the shepherd, you know, whatever he does. I don't know. I'll make something up. He's like, right? And they're like, oh, I recognize that voice. That's my shepherd, right? And then he starts walking and he just starts calling, and they follow. And that's, that's what's going on. The right sheep come out. Well, what about the other sheep? Do they start following? I mean, they're sheep. Sheep follow sheep. Do they follow? He kind of answers it right here. He says, Well, they go before him and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. So he stands at the gate and he chants out and some of them push to the back of the sheepfold. They're like, whatever that is, that's not my shepherd, right? And the others are like, oh, that's mine. And then they go and they're following along and he walks out ahead of them and follows. They follow that is the image that he gives us. Now the catch. You and I are the sheep. You get that, right? And uh, the analogy here is calling us to be the sheep. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Do you understand what it means to follow him and listen to him? And uh, I just wrote these words down. The voice of Jesus. Here's a few elements to the voice of Jesus. And we may not be able to hear the audible voice of Jesus, but I'm telling you in content, you can tell the voice of Jesus. And uh, number one, he will celebrate rightness. Man, whatever he's calling you to is going to celebrate what is good. And uh, that's going to be a huge content piece to the voice of Jesus Christ and listening to know you're hearing your Savior. And uh, he celebrates what is right. 
Number two, uh, he does point out sin. He does. Man, the world, the world loves to celebrate selfishness, and the world is on this game plan. Dude, do not tell someone they're wrong, right? But is that what Scripture says? It does talk about gently coming alongside, absolutely with gentleness, but coming alongside and challenging. And where sin is not being responded to and understood and given up, it even talks about admonishing. And there's a level that kicks up. And we've seen Christ get pretty firm with some sin. The voice of Jesus Christ gets very real with sin. Very real with sin. Man, if the voice you're hearing says, don't worry about it, do whatever, you are not hearing the voice of Jesus Christ. That's the voice of this world, all right? Number three, Jesus tenderly calls for change. He tenderly calls for change. He does. He's like, man, we're gonna do something here. And we're gonna make much of God, but we're going to see a change in your heart. And uh, I don't like change. Um, okay, well, I don't have an answer for that. Don't, just start liking it. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's a bad plan, man. That, that don't, don't go there. And like, God's got a plan for change. And you're gripping onto something that you shouldn't grip onto. And it's time to let go of it. And uh, yes, he wants to make a change in your soul. And there's some things that are time to let go of. You may even know what it is. And, uh, don't cling to it, man. Let go of it. Your God, he calls you to change. Make sure you can recognize the voice of Jesus. By the way, I'll just say this. I put the word tenderly on that. He tenderly calls us to change. Why? Because there are those who try to call for change. There are those who try to point out sin, but they do it with an absolute bashing along the way, a crushing. And uh, note that Jesus does get pretty firm with those who won't get real with their sin. But for those who are like, Lord, what needs to change in me? There is a tenderness and a gentleness and a carefulness in taking care of them. All right? And uh, those who are a sheep, he cares for gently. And uh, he celebrates the good. He points out the sin. He tenderly calls for change. Number four, he brings hope. The voice of Jesus Christ will bring hope. If the voice you are hearing constantly demoralizes, constantly tears down, constantly says tomorrow doesn't have it, it looking bad, man, it's looking bad. And I'm just telling you, you're missing the voice of Jesus Christ. Somebody else is whispering into your ear. And make sure you get to know the voice of Jesus. He does bring high hope. And last, he will always lift up God in his glory, not man in his. Always God in his glory. This is a, just a few elements of the voice of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to the voice of your shepherd or are you beginning to let the world that should be stranger start to become a voice you're used to? Who are you responding to? Man, be careful. Make sure you're hearing the right voice and responding to the right shepherd. May Jesus Christ be able to lead you out in front of you. And don't go running off and demand he come follow you. You follow him. May Christ get all the glory. All right. So there's a guy walking along in a city with a friend. Cars are honking. You're hearing the engines roar as people are taking off from stoplights, the heavy engine of the trucks, and, you know, as they're backing down again, and you're hearing the, the brakes release as they get to a stop, and you're hearing the ksh, and the noise all over the place of it, and the people talking, and the feet shuffling, and they're walking along talking, and, 
he says to his friend, oh, I love that. I love hearing the sound of a cricket. And the guy's like, nah, you don't hear the cricket in this. Listen to all this noise. And he's like, yeah, I do, man. The guy was a zoologist. He worked with crickets all the time. In fact, there was some things he was studying with them. They were super important to him. He got so attuned to hearing the sound of a cricket, he could hear it anywhere. And as they're standing there on this busy street corner, he's like, you don't hear it. Right over here. It's got to be right up against the wall somewhere. And he's like, can't hear a thing. And he's like, yeah, that's sad. Pulls out a silver dollar, flips it in the air. And you hear, ping, ting, 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 ting. And like six people stop. Stop in their tracks, and they're all looking around. And then somebody picks it up, and they're like, is this somebody's? And you know they're hoping the whole time. I hope nobody claims this, right? And uh, their ears so attuned to the sound of coin, but not attuned to that. Hey, question, what are your ears tuned to? What are you hearing? Who are you listening to? What are you looking for? And if you're in tune with, for example, something like, Lord, make much of me, you're going to probably miss the voice of Jesus as he tries to make much of God. Be careful what you're in tune to. Listen well for the voice of Jesus. He is the true shepherd. He belongs. He belongs. And we need to listen to him. And, uh, all right. That's point number one. Point number two, stop. Stop seeking your own way to heaven. Jesus is the door, the only way. Believe in him. Stop seeking your own way to heaven. Jesus is the door, the only way. Believe in him. Okay. So, Jesus again now says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. So Jesus again says to them, truly, truly, which means listen up, right? Truly, truly, listen up. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Okay, did, did Jesus just totally shift the metaphor? I thought he was the shepherd and there was a gatekeeper over the door and what's going on? And, and uh, I'll just say this. Remember the picture that we saw of the sheepfold? That was one that was used maybe out in the more desolate areas, right? And they're by themselves, the shepherd would build up the rock and leave a little gap, a doorway, but he would then sit in the door himself and block it. He would protect from going in and out. He became essentially the door. And so to say he was the shepherd would also mean he would partially play role as door and they would go in and out through him. So in fact, he's staying with the metaphor. He is the shepherd. He is the door. And we're going to see him pick it up again next week as he talks about being the good shepherd. And he is that. And so here it says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. Okay. What is he talking about? And uh, you know, there's not a lot of detail to this. He doesn't give us a lot of information, but he does say all that came before. How many? Okay, that's a big word, right? All that came before. Well, they're, they're getting slammed pretty hard. And uh, so we have to be careful with how far back we go with this and what we do with it. Like we know, for example, they did listen to Moses. We know that. 
We know that they did listen to a number of the different prophets. So probably what you have going on here is a statement that starts to attach to when the prophets stopped speaking. That's probably a good guess. So probably like end of Malachi, you get that 400 years of silence and there's that whole gap in there. People start trying to claim these people for themselves and follow me, right? They're trying to win Israel over and get them to follow. And some were called false messiahs. Some were false prophets. Some were just trying to say, follow me as a leader, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, and I'm trying to get you to God. But in fact, all the way along the line, they were missing it, and Israel wasn't responding to it. In fact, it says pretty clearly, all who came before them are, here we go again, thieves and robbers, right? Those two words, but the sheep did not listen to them. And Everybody say, that's a big deal. Right? As Christ comes on the scene... There is not a shepherd for the flock, okay? That's what's missing. And uh, so you have Jesus Christ coming on the scene, and you've got John the Baptist saying, hey, come follow me because I'm going to point you to the lamb. Like, right here, this is it. And and Jesus is the one. And uh, so this is the pickup that is probably hundreds of years of silence and a number of people that tried to hijack Israel. And he's like, no, those that came before me, they are not a part of God. They do not own these sheep, that was what would make them thieves and robbers. They're responding inappropriately and they're stealing in the midst. And thank the Lord, Israel did not listen to them. And uh, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And uh, So Jesus is not, everybody say not, Jesus is not saying he is a physical door. We good with that? Everybody understands this is a metaphor, right? And he's like, I am the way to enter in to an eternal life with God Almighty, right? And he who enters through me, he is saved. And how do we enter in? Well, we already saw that back in John chapter 6, the one who comes to Jesus, the one who believes in Jesus. Those were the, the verbs he used when he wasn't doing the metaphor thing. So he's like, come to me. Believe in me. Believe what? Well, we see in Romans 10, it says, believe that he has risen from the dead. Here, clearly, believe what I'm saying about myself. Believe that I am the Messiah. Believe that I am the sent one from the Father. Believe that I am calling you back to him. Believe that he is God Almighty, risen from the dead. Believe. Do you believe? Entering through Jesus Christ, man, it's the only way. He's like, this is it. Every other way is climbing over the top of the wall. It's missing the point. It's trying to steal. It's coming up with your own plan. And the plan is through Jesus Christ. Come to him. Believe in him. Trust him and him alone. And you will be saved. And you will be what? Yeah, from what? We better understand what the other side is. There is an eternal separation from God. It has the name hell assigned to it. It involves a place where love is not. It involves a place where punishment is. It involves a massive hurt forever, man. There are people loving to teach that hell is something short or maybe not even real, and boy, they better get back to chapter and verse on that. 
that's a problem. And saved is a necessity. And Lord, may you save me as I come to you and believe in you. It says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And will go in and out and find pasture. Here's the deal. Jesus isn't just dealing with then and there, future, heaven. He is dealing with that, but he's also dealing with here and now. He's not just dealing with then and there. He's dealing with here and now. And he's like, they will be able to go in and go out. They will be able to have pasture. You know what that means? Some good looking green grass. And uh, many of you are like, I'm not sure I like green grass right now. I had to go fire up my lawnmower yesterday and it took me three hours to get it running. And then I had to mow everything and it doesn't even look good because some of it's grown and some of it's not. And, right? We have this look towards grass that has nothing to do with anything except looks. That is not the view here, right? That's food, it's provision, it's life, and life with him. And he's like going in and going out, life with him. And uh, being able to drink and being able to eat. By the way, just a little side note. Did you know that sheep are afraid of running water? Did you know that? Sheep are afraid of water that run kind of fast. They know they can't swim. However, they know that. Built into them, I guess. They know they can't swim. They know they have no intelligence whatsoever around it, so they want still waters. Have you heard that phrase before? To lie down by still waters. That's what the sheep need to reduce their fear while he provides water for them. He knows how to provide. Man, your God loves you, and he's caring for you, and he's taking you right where you need to be. Yes in this life, and yes in the one to come. And uh, man, I don't know, it hurts pretty bad here. Yeah, this world is broken, and he is shepherding us in a broken world. And all of God's people said, we will never forget that, right? Because the moment we forget that and we start saying, it should just go well for me, like I'm telling you, that battle plan is going to bring a lot of frustration. And uh, our God will provide for us in the midst of this broken world, and he's going to bring what we, hear this now, what we need What defines what we need? What will grow us and shape us and help us to let go of sin and help us to make much of our God what we need? That's what he's going to be providing. And he will walk you in and out of green pastures and provide in that regard that God will get all the glory. And uh, we will be saved. We will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy The thief comes to steal, take for himself, to kill, wipe it out, and destroy, obliterate, right? Remove completely. To steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and they may have it abundantly. This is what he's saying. I came that they might have life that will provide beyond any need imaginable. I came that they might be so satisfied in me. That's what he's talking about. I just wrote these words down for uh, abundantly. Uh, Abundantly. It's eternal. It's satisfying. It's God-honoring. It's joyful. Man, when he starts talking about abundant life, it's eternal. It's satisfying. It's God-honoring, not self-honoring. And it is joyful. uh, Abundant life in Jesus Christ. He is 
the door. Just so you know, the world is selling that there are other doors. False doors the world sells. Ready? Here we go. Six false doors. Number one, success. If I can just get my name up in lights, whew, then I will be satisfied. Success. That's number one. False doors to abundant life. What the world preaches brings abundant life, but what does not, okay? First, success. Number two, wealth. Man, if I could just get my house paid off, if I could just get this car paid, if I could just get another car a little bit better, if I could just have, if I, if I, if I, wealth. Success, wealth, health. world sells that one pretty big. Man, if I'm healthy, I have everything. Not really. Missing out on a lot, right? Success, wealth, health. Uh, if I could just be married and have some kids, that would be it all. You might want to talk to some people who are married and have kids. <laughs> just say that. I love family. <laughs> I'm just going officially on record. I love family, okay? But, uh, and it can be hard work. And uh, praise God for that work and praise God for the shepherding that comes with it, but please don't think it's the magic bullet that brings satisfaction and happiness, all right? And uh, number five, good works. Man, if I could just get my life together and stop making mistakes, good works. So success and wealth and health and marriage and children and good works. Or how about this one? Just believe anything as long as you believe something. Have you heard that? Picture that sheepfold. It's like all door and no wall, right? You can get in anywhere. There's no protection in that whatsoever. There's no truth in that whatsoever. And Jesus Christ is not at the center of that. Jesus says, I am the door. Uh, I am the door. That means there is one and I am it. I am the door. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the door and that through him you can have abundant life? And maybe your definition of abundant needs to change. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's time to redefine abundant by what it really means, which is bringing glory to God and shaping and changing my soul this side of heaven. It's gonna give everything I need for those two things to be accomplished. Lord, shape my soul. Lord, give me insight to you. And Lord, may you be glorified. Abundant life here on earth. And Lord, for all eternity with tears wiped away and absolute perfection and total laughter and joy and fun for all of eternity as we are doing and building and growing in our King. And may God get all the glory, all right? And, uh, which door are you going after? Make sure it's not about self. Make sure it's about your King, okay? I just wrote some words down to close it here abundant life in him. We can have abundant life. What does it mean? It means that as you're trusting in him and longing for his glory, all you would want will be provided in that. It means all that you will need will be provided in that. It means that you would look to him and follow him and you would grasp that he is the shepherd of all mankind. And that in him there is absolute hope and absolute promise for all of eternity. That's my king.
And as we follow after him with abundant life promised, it can be found in him. Everybody just say, found in him. Found in him, Jesus Christ. Found in him, the one who is the door. Found in him, the one who is the shepherd. Do you believe in him? Come to him. Long for him to be in charge, man. Done with you running off to your place and trying to pray him over and follow you. Time for me to follow Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Lord, help us be good followers. Let's pray.